This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions. Today's big question, what does Lego teach us about life? We're asking today's big question to Josh Taylor. Josh works as a school chaplain and also a children's ministry assistant for a church in Adelaide. He was also a finalist in the second season of the hit TV series, Lego Masters, and he joins me now. Josh, welcome to Bigger Questions. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. It's great. Now, Josh, you're from Adelaide. So how do you pronounce Lego? Well, being from Adelaide, we say Lego. Don't ask me why or how on earth that came to be, but it's just an Adelaide thing. And it seems to be I think one of maybe two places in the world that pronounce it like that. I think somewhere in South Africa might say Lego as well with their accent. But okay. it's not even an accent thing for us. That's the funny thing. We just say Lego a lot. <laughs> but having been on the show, everyone else says Lego and I've noticed I've begun to revert to the word Lego quite often. So I'll probably end up saying that more often. Oh. I'm being converted. Okay, <laughs> sure. Okay, you're denying your Adelaidean <laughs> roots, right. so to speak. Um, but uh, we do ask the big questions on this show, but what is the plural then of Lego or Lego? I- is it Legos? Definitely not. If you say Legos, most uh, <laughs> Lego fans will cringe. Um, the plural, funnily enough, <laughs> is not Legos or even like it's not like the, the fish fish scenario where like fish is the plural, plural of fish. So it's not Lego Lego. It's Lego bricks is actually the plural plural of lego right you've heard it from That's the lego right. master the official here official plural now josh we do as i said we do ask the really big questions on this show and this one is perhaps one of the biggest why is a piece of lego on the floor in the middle of the night the most sophisticated and dangerous and destructive piece of weaponry well when you get a brand new lego brick it is extremely sharp on the corners the way they design them are yeah very square edges and they can hurt the most sensitive part of your body being the soles of your feet sometimes. Um, yeah, so you definitely don't want to step on a Lego brick in the middle of the night. And I've always wondered if they were ever going to do a Lego challenge where they'd get the contestants to just walk across Lego and see how far they could go um, because it is, yeah, it's super, a super painful experience. And I can definitely speak from experience having been on the show. When we were building things, we would have tubs of Lego and because you're digging your hands through the buckets quite a lot, you end up with a lot of cuts on your hands just from the from the Lego. Pretty painful. Right, okay. So forget the hot coals, it's walking on Lego. That's, That's the test right. of, of true strength, I suppose. Very much so. <laughs> now we do like to kick off bigger questions with some smaller questions just to get us thinking. And today we're asking Josh Taylor about Lego and life. So, Josh, our smaller question to you today is, unsurprisingly, about Lego. Now, there's just one question, and it's multiple choice, okay? The question is, approximately how many Lego bricks are there in the world? Is it A, 4 billion, B, 40 billion, C, 400 billion, or D, no idea, we lost count after the Lego movies? So, what do you reckon? How many Lego bricks are there in the world? Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to go, I think 400 billion is probably a bit excessive. So I'm going to go 40 billion. Well, you might be kicking yourself because the actual answer is actually C, 400 oh, billion Lego I thought bricks. that would be too excessive, but so I'm apparently, also not surprised. <laughs> so there's apparently 86 Lego bricks for every person on earth. And if all the bricks were stacked together, it would create a tower nearly 4 million kilometers high. 
which is 10 times further than the moon. So do you think that would be a good Lego Masters challenge, do you think, <laughs> to build a tower to the moon out of Lego Well, having built a tall tower in Lego Masters before, I can guarantee that you wouldn't make it <laughs> past, past five <laughs> metres, let alone that far. Um, I did A fun fact, though, that I also learned about yeah. Lego is that uh, Lego is actually the largest tyre production company in the world out of all the car tyre companies. It, it produces more tyres than any car company, which I found quite fascinating. Yes, no, that's true. That's, that is actually true. It is another fun fact. That's that's true. So unfortunately, Josh, maybe you're better at building with Lego than counting them because <laughs> uh, you got our smaller questions wrong. But if we had a live audience here today, we'd still give you an applause. <laughs> So, Josh, you have used, maybe not 400 billion, but you certainly used plenty of Lego bricks on season two of the hit TV show, Lego Masters. So you've already shared a bit about that show, but maybe to unpack, what was, what was that experience like being on the TV show? Yeah, it was a crazy cool experience. I definitely had a lot of fun and there was definitely very stressful moments as well. I'd say overall, like it comes across quite um, happy and pleasant and very friendly on TV, which is exactly how it was. It wasn't different behind the scenes like we had such a good, fun time. Everyone was super friendly with one another. We made such like good friends with each of the other contestants and even people that worked behind the scenes with us. Um, yeah, and we just got along so well. So, I, yeah, one of the highlights would definitely be all the people that we got to meet and hang out with. And um, we have like a group chat with all the contestants that we still use like, pretty regularly, messaging each other, seeing how we're going, mm -hmm. seeing what everyone's up to. We love to stay connected. So we've kind of created this big happy family, which is pretty cool. That's wonderful. So is it different watching the series as opposed to being in it? Oh, obviously obviously it is, but, but how is it different? Oh, very much so. Like you having – it's funny. I've had all three experiences having watched season one and being just a spectator and had nothing to do with it or any concept of what it's like and just thinking, wow, this is a cool show and it's super fun and, and, and that. Then having been on season two and then watching that, you're – analyzing everything so critically because you were there, you experienced it and you're seeing how the, the world is actually seeing how you experience this whole journey. Um, so you have that, but then another season along, now we're experiencing it from this perspective of we've been there, but we're not currently involved. So we know what's going on behind the scenes. We know the tricks of the trade. We're seeing how everything's being edited together and we can make a lot of very like educated assumptions about what's going on and, and things that are happening behind the scenes. And so you, ha you have this very critical eye of it and you're very curious to know how the next group of people are going to, I guess, step, fill the shoes of the people before kind of thing. So super interesting and fascinating to watch and love seeing all the crazy things that people are able to make in this season as well. So that's been super cool. Yeah, well, it's been a terrific show. Our family really enjoy watching it. I really enjoy watching it. So then maybe can you give us a bit of the behind-the-scenes scoop about what the the difference is behind the scene and maybe share a bit about what it's like? Um, well, if you can. the magic of TV, like everything is obviously edited together to make it a very smooth uh, watching experience. But when we're there, like it takes such a long time to, to do things that they obviously edit out all the boring bits of us just standing around. Like if you imagine us... <laughs> building for you know, 17, 28 hours or whatever the challenge is, a lot of that time is super boring. We're literally standing around <laughs> just placing bricks in a quiet room, nothing exciting's happened, and that could be going on for hours. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens that you, they just can't have the time to edit in. Yeah, and just like behind the scenes, how, how it all works and functions is really interesting as well and just seeing how they put a TV show together from start to end is really, yeah, kind of interesting the, that uh, area of of work and stuff and how they do that is really cool. Mm, that's great. So 
28 hour build. Like, so does that mean you sleep or eat or allowed toilet breaks at all? How, how does that work? Um, yeah, this is probably no, not even probably. This is definitely the most common question I will get asked because when you're watching the show, you're seeing us building this challenge from for 28 hours from start to finish. We're in the same clothes the whole time. And it's funny, even as an adult, yeah. you watch it and you go, oh, there's no way they would be doing that. But then you're kind of like, wait, but were they? And you, you have this doubt. And t- TV <laughs> has this great skill at tricking even adults in thinking logically because of like, no, no the answer yeah. is no. Like we definitely did not build that long in one hit. They looked after us very, very well. And if you think about it from the perspective of people that are working, they would have to have people working around the clock to even do that. And we would look exhausted mm. after, you know, half of that. So they look after us. We stop for quite often. We stop for a lot of breaks and we always have like a good lunch break and they feed us really well. And we'll go home at the end of the day. We'll come back. We'll have to wear the same clothes, look exactly the same, continue where we left off. And they just edit it together to make it look like it's all happening all at once, which is quite fascinating, really. Mm. So you'd have multiple uh, changes of the same clothes. Oh, no. We wore the same clothes every time. And sometimes oh, you... I didn't even have time to wash them. So you'd be lucky if they were, oh. they were clean. <laughs> okay. Now, maybe you get asked this question a lot as well, but did you all sing Everything is Awesome all the time during the show as well? <laughs> it definitely came up, but we were very quickly told that we couldn't sing any songs because they have um, intellectual property on licensing on all music. Yeah. You can't sing anything on the show. I think it's more than... 10 seconds is not allowed to air. So sometimes you can hear right. people singing snippets of songs that you might recognise, but it's not infringing until it's more yeah. than I think about 10 seconds. So if we were ever singing anything, they would always come in and say, ah, stop singing, we can't record if you're singing. So they would make us stop. So not everything is always awesome, unfortunately. <laughs> now, is it also true that you didn't know your Lego Masters partner, Trent, until just before filming started? Yeah, that's right. So... Trent, I actually applied with a different friend of mine and we went through the interview process and we bumped into Trent in while he was in our group interview, but we spoke to him for all of uh, two minutes, if anything. Um, and yeah, I had no concept of who he was or that I would be on the show with him. But then when we found out we were going to be on the show, my friend um, had to kind of pull out last minute. And so they told me, well, we'll put you with this other guy who applied. His name is Trent. And so I met him face to face properly probably four days before we flew out to Melbourne and then we hung out for one evening and then we were catching a plane the next couple of days later and we were that next day starting building on episode one. And you guys did very well, like you finished third in the season. Yeah, it was very surprising. So Trent and I, neither of us had actually built anything other than Lego sets with instructions. So both of us had no experience Mm -hmm. of um, creating things from our own imagination and ha- being able to sculpt in shape with Lego. So it was a, yeah, a baptism of fire being thrown in the deep end straight away. And we didn't really find our skill set until a few episodes in. And when we did, mm. we realized, oh, wow, we actually landed on something that was quite unique and was actually really um, appealing to the judge. And so we were like, yeah, we need to like stick to this. This is our strength and this is what's working well for us. And it ended up making us quite successful, which we were really, really happy with. Mm. So what was your particular strength? So Trent and I started leaning in towards making these larger scale type characters on the show. So no one else was really doing that. And he, he really loves cartoons. And so he just started making these characters and whether they were people or animals and things that were very cartoon like, 
but they just had these amazing expressions on their faces and they really told stories in themselves. And nobody else on our season started to do that. So we just lent into that mm. and just kept doing it and it ended up being really working really well for us, which is really cool. Mm. So you learned a lot about yourself and your capabilities on the show? Oh, for sure. I honestly did not know what I could build out of Lego until I was on the show and very much learned that I was not as bad as I, as, as, as I thought I was going to be. So <laughs> we worked quite well together and our partnership was quite good because Trent was very creative and I was very um, engineering brain. So I was working out all the, the problem solving and how we get things to stand up and not fall over and be super strong. Whereas he was like, okay, how can we put a creative flair on this? So our partnership worked, yeah, amazingly. Because outside of Lego Masters, you work as a school chaplain and does Lego help you in that role? Yeah, so um, working as a school chaplain is a lot about just getting alongside kids and um, just getting to know their stories and building connections and, and strong relationships with them so that you can become just another person in their trusted network to talk to or hang out with. And so the way that I kind of use Lego in my role at school is um, just hanging out with kids, like using that as a tool, an engagement tool to be able to build with them and just have chats about life and important issues or even just have fun with them and get really creative. And it just is something that they love to do and it's something that I can relate to them with as well in that sense. So we just have a fun time, yeah, building with each other and it's great for also for, for mindfulness as well. So building those connections with kids quite mm. literally with Lego but also uh, in your relationship with them as well is really important to me. Mm-hmm. So now that you've been on Lego Masters and you did quite well, do you feel the pressure when you're pl- <laughs> playing with the kids, when you're playing with Lego? Do you some feedback? Uh, definitely. Uh, they the sometimes build? ask me why I'm not building a giant pirate ship that's three metres tall like I did on the show. Um, and I quickly remind them that I do not have enough pieces here to do that in the small tub of Lego that I have <laughs> in their classroom. But um, you definitely feel a lot of pressure. I sometimes very limited in the bricks that we have at school. And so I'll be making something and I'm like, I just need this piece and it's not there. And so I have to make something subpar. And the kids are sometimes do, well, they generally do a lot better than me when they make things. It's pretty funny. We had a school challenge right. recently where yeah. um, Trent and Jody and Summer off the show came and we were building something in front of them and we had a time limit and everything. So it felt like a little Lego Masters challenge and uh, we didn't do that well. So all of us were like, oh, this is embarrassing. But... <laughs> It was still very fun and very funny. <laughs> oh, very good. You've, you've peaked too early perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Now, so Lego, as you've just mentioned, does allow deeper relationships and connections with people. But playing with Lego also allows reflection on some of life's biggest questions. So, for example, Lego is a great opportunity for creativity. So do you think it's significant that Lego builds are called creations? Yeah, this is very true and something that I actually learned when you um, create something in Lego, it's called a mock. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, no, I don't. the word no. mock is used to describe a creation that you've created yourself. So a mock is my own creation. So whenever you make something that's your own design, mm. your own planning, your own um, creative license, you call it a mock. And I never knew this until I went on the show. So again, a bit of, bit of a funny anecdote. When we were applying for the show, the one of the first emails that we got was, can you send us some photos of your mocks? And I was like, what the heck is a mock? I have no idea. So I had to Google what it meant. <laughs> S-Styles yeah, or something, I, know, I had no yeah. idea. So um, we had to like Google what it meant to find out. But yeah, it's, it stands for my own creation. And I guess that really speaks to the nature of Lego. It's very fitting that, that Lego creations are what they're called because you are in fact creating with this medium um, of Lego bricks, which is really cool. Mm. So then why do you think that we have this desire to create? Well, like I think everyone has this desire to create, like it's innate in all of us. And no matter if you feel like you're an artistic person or not, everyone has this desire to either make things or make music or draw or be creative, even in how we problem solve like daily life challenges. Like everyone has this 
innate quality of being creative in some way, shape or form. And some of us lean into it further than others and be maybe more artistic, but there's definitely creativity in everyone and how we do it. And I think that really comes from a God who is creative. Like God was so creative in everything that he did. Mm. You just look around outside and you've got amazing trees and animals that are just so intricate that they obviously came from a God who is super creative. And the fact that he is creative, he's, he's instilled that in all of us as humankind. He's made us to be creative mm. beings. And that's just a really great reflection of mm. him, I think. So you see a connection between a creative God and, and creative people. Oh, definitely. Like God um, has created us to be creative because he is so creative and he's definitely put that as a quality in us. And that, like I said, it really reflects who he is in his character. Mm-hmm. Now, one of life's biggest questions is uh, why is there something rather than nothing? Uh, and Christianity proposes that God created ex nihilo, that's another maybe a technical <laughs> Latin word, from nothing. Uh, the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So perhaps drawing on your experience from Lego Masters, is it hard to create something from nothing? <laughs> well, I guess the, the the nature of Lego is you are creating something with something already. You have this medium of Lego, but creating <laughs> something from nothing is impossible. Like you can't make something if you don't already have something to use first. And I guess that really speaks to yeah. how amazing our God is, the fact that he did create everything that we have around us from nothing. There was nothing before that. And God just spoke those things into existence. So it really speaks to God's um, amazing, powerful character, which I think is really, yeah, really, I guess it's humbling to me knowing that God is this God that is so powerful Mm -hmm. and so amazing and so creative. Um, Yeah, it just really reminds me of of who God is and what he has done for us. Mm. So being on Lego Masters then on the, the show, has that changed your perspective on creation then? Um, I wouldn't say it's changed my perspective on creation. Like I still believe, um, yeah, that God created the world and everything like that. But it definitely gave me a better appreciation for how hard it is to create. Like using Lego, we invested so much time and effort and stress even just to like make what are these small creations over hours and hours of time. And there's so much effort that you have to put in and you kind of pour your heart and soul into these things. But it really, that's almost like a direct opposite of the way that God created things. He just spoke the world into being. Like he had the power to create everything from nothing and he didn't have to put sweat, blood and tears in like we would do when we create things. He just had to to speak everything into existence. So the, f- the fact that he's able to do that is, yeah, again, super encouraging. It really speaks to the power that God has um, as the mm. God who is above all things. Mm. Now, as you said, you have worked as you do work as a chaplain at a school, work for a church, um, and you reflect on the the Christian message. So, what convinced you that there was a master builder, so to speak, a, a God behind the universe? Yeah, I think growing up, I always grew up um, come, going along to church with my family, and I just knew that there was always a spiritual side to life. Like I knew that there, it, the world just wasn't physical; it wasn't just the things that we see and touch and experience. But I. I just knew deep down that there was always something spiritual to life and I was able to kind of come to the conclusion that that was God given the the story of the gospel. So having learned about who Jesus was and what he did for me and knowing that that was a part of history but also that it was this amazing thing that God did for us, learning that whole story of the gospel really sunk deep down in my, my heart and I was compelled to believe exactly that. So the fact that that, the message of the gospel Mm. is quite simple, but it's actually so powerful. The fact that God sent his only son to die on the cross for us for for really like 
um, resonated with me and I just knew that that was truth. And so it really transformed my life and how like I chose to live my life. And um, now knowing that and being a Christian, I was able to like, I, I am able to rest in the promises that God gives us and particularly like the one of the main promises that God has given us that really resonates with me and something that's always sort of stuck close in my life is from Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good of those who love him. And this has truly put perspective on so many of my circumstances as well. Mm. That is from Romans chapter 8, 28. You know, we know that all things God works for those uh, for the good of those who love him. So how does that particularly resonate with you? Well, it really speaks to me about God's control over all things. And it's funny because in my personality, I am someone that likes to be in control. I have natural leadership qualities and I don't like um, to not be in the, at the head of anything. So I love being in control. I like knowing everything. Yeah. I like um, having my finger in every pie, so to speak, and um, making sure I know that everything's going to be going well. But as someone who likes to be in control, it's actually really comforting knowing that um, God is in fact the one that's in control. God's in the driver's seat in in life. And I actually use that as a really good comforting way of being able to rest in that through all things that God works for the good of those who love him. And I do my best to love God as much as I can. So knowing that no matter what happens in life, no matter how much I feel like I'm in control, unfortunately life is, um, yeah, has all these tosses and turns and you can't always predict what's going to happen. Uh, but knowing that God's actually in the driver's seat, no matter what does happen, um, that things will always work out for good. Now, that doesn't always mean that everything's going to go well in our life. It even says in the Bible that through, in this life we'll have trials, but take heart for, for Jesus mm. has overcome the world. Um, but knowing that God uses those challenges to um, either build us up or challenge us or bring glory to him is, is just so comforting. So even when those situations do come, mm. I can just sort of step back and go from a, I guess a wider perspective go, well, actually, this may suck now, but it actually, God is actually using this for a better purpose. So that's always been really encouraging for me. Mm. There's a bigger perspective on offer here. Definitely. Because mm. I mean, I suppose just to unpack that a bit, I mean, because it does talk about that, you know, that God works for the good of those who love him. And you didn't win Lego Masters. I mean, you were <laughs> in the top three, you did very well, but you didn't actually win it. So, so maybe you. Uh, Tease out your thinking there about how do you, do you trust that God works for your good when you didn't win Lego Masters? Yeah, I guess for me, like winning wasn't uh, my goal going on the show. Actually, I didn't really have many goals going on the show. But for me, winning, it didn't, didn't really matter at the time. And even now I can look back and go, it still didn't matter to me. It still doesn't matter to me. Like the prize could have been a million dollars and it still wouldn't have mattered. So like when, when I was on the show with Trent, I was kind of like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really like grateful to be on and even have this experience of being there. And my goal with Trent was like, let's just not get eliminated first. Let's just make it through that. And then at that <laughs> point, I actually just don't care what happens. And then we started to win a few episodes. And as a competitive person, like I'm super competitive, I love to win. Um, I would have loved to have won, but it didn't actually matter for me which way it went. Like we could have been eliminated first. We could have not been on the show at all or we could have got through to the end and won and it wouldn't have made a difference to uh, who I am as a person or what I believe. So even though we made it that far and we didn't win, it didn't affect my outlook or attitude towards life. I, I was still able to rest in the, the promises that God has for us, including that God works through all things for the good of those who love him. So whether I was sitting at home watching season two, having absolutely no involvement at all, whether I was um, winning that at the end, it, it didn't really make a difference. And I knew that no matter what was happening, God was going to use that experience for my good or to bring glory to him or both. And so that was, 
always really encouraging for me. So I can always, and, and it's not always easy for people to do, but for me, I've just been instilled with this um, peace from God that he is in control. And I am, I'm sort of, I guess, gifted in the sense that I can step back and just go, oh, I actually see this perspective. And it kind of helps me to, to manage just life's stresses, which unfortunately for some people is quite hard. So, and, I, and I understand why that is. It's just something that I guess God has um, enabled me to do. And I struggle with many other things, but this is just one thing that I um, can always rest in, that God is in control. And I just am very grateful to God that he's given that to me because um, it does help manage disappointment and stress that sometimes comes in life as well. Mm, well, that's great. Yeah, so working for the good of those who love him doesn't necessarily mean a ticket to success, yeah. but it means a ticket to contentment and peace in, in whatever your circumstances are. Yeah, in and life. true joy, no matter what your circumstances are. And joy doesn't mean that yeah. we're not sad at times. Like God tells us that there's a time for mourning, there's a time for sadness and things like that. But that doesn't mean if we're sad, that doesn't mean we can't be joyful. So, yeah, that's definitely something that it's taught me. Mm. So then how do you see Lego reflecting or helping your connection with God, you know, with the master builder, so to speak? Well, it's like when I play with Lego, it's a great time to just like sit and reflect. It's very therapeutic. It doesn't involve like TV or screens or like saturation with uh, information. It's like you just sit and you build. Um, but it also helps uh, like me express the creativity that God's gifted me with so I can create these amazing things and in a way, that's like a personal act of worship to God, like expressing the gifts that he's given me in a creative way is something that helps me to grow closer to him, even just by creating. Mm. So Josh, what does Lego teach us about life? It teaches us that we can be creative, no matter like what our skill level happens to be. Anyone can get a bunch of Lego bricks together and build Lego and create something, whether they think it's good or not is irrelevant. Like we can actually create anything that's in our imagination and we can express ourselves creatively because God is a creative God who created us to be creative. And I guess that also reminds us that things don't always work out the way we plan. And there's plenty of times on the show where you are building something and you have this picture in your head of what you want it to look like. And you end up very disappointed in yourself because you're like, ah, I've made this thing and it's not exactly what I want it to look like. Or it falls apart with minutes to go on the, on the clock and you end up pretty disappointed that it's crashed to the ground and you get really, really disappointed in that. Um, but I guess it reminds us that life can be full of disappointments at times, but bringing us back to that Romans 8.28 passage that God works through all things for the good of those who love him. Like we can remember that no matter what happens, that God is in control, that he looks out for us in many circumstances, whether they're good or bad or whether we're disappointed or not, he is the one that's in control and he's the one that's working through all things for, for our good and for his glory. So that's just always really encouraging no matter what the situation. But we can also look at that in our life when we're going through really difficult, tough situations, just remembering that promise that God is in control and that he wants what is best for us if we love him. Like that's really, really comforting for me. Hmm. Well, let me leave you with some of the Bible's answer to the big question. What does Lego teach us about life from Romans 8 28? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. I look forward to you joining us next time for Bigger Questions. Thanks very much to our guest today, Josh Taylor. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy bigger questions? You can help us keep asking them for as little as $1 a podcast. Support the show. Go to patreon.com slash bigger questions.